Hello and welcome to a red, white, and blue episode of the Play It As It Lies podcast on this beautiful 4th, July 4th weekend. Maybe it's July 6th now, but we can still all keep it in our hearts that the best day of the year is always July 5th. Frank, what did you do on your beautiful July 5th weekend? Well, you know, as is the case every year, I think for most people, uh, I spent my July 4th waiting for the day to be over so that I could celebrate July 5th. Because, uh, you know, that's the real holiday here. It really is. There's no day better just hanging out with your friends on July 5th on a good day. But some people, most notably the famous, now unstoppable Joey Chestnut, spend that day eating hot dogs. He entered Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest for a record 13th time, winning it every single year, eating 75 hot dogs a world record that he beat from 71 last year and uh, even lower 74 the year before that frank how impressive is this to be a straight champion for 13 straight years of being the a guy that is able to eat the most hot dogs in a row would you be able to eat 75 hot dogs obviously you know most human beings can't how far do you think you could have gotten in the competition you know i don't want to sell myself short but uh, I definitely wouldn't get anywhere close to 75. Uh, you know, it would depend on how hungry I was. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have to be in, in some type of mood to uh, to really be chowing down on that. Um, you know, it also depends on the type of hot dog, too. You know, you're going to get a beef frank. I mean, if we're, if we're talking beef franks here, then, uh, you know, I might, be able to, I might be able to do some damage. But uh, if we're going with more of like a Nathan hot dog, you know, I can't see myself eating too many of those. Um, but, you know, it's it's incredibly impressive. I mean, I think that now when you talk about the most successful uh, established powerhouses in the world of sports, I mean, what comes to mind? The Lakers, uh, the Detroit Red Wings, uh, the Spurs, you know, etc. Joey Chestnut, I think, needs to be mentioned in that conversation because what he's doing is... Uh, Frankly, unparalleled. Unparalleled indeed. It doesn't look like it's coming to any stop. In fact, he set a single minute record for the most hot dogs consumed in a single minute and an astounding 12. He plans to keep continuing the competition so we could be seeing another 10 to 12 wins for Joey Chestnut left in the future. And it just bears the question of how many hot dogs can one man eat in his life? Well, you know, what I'm wondering is, so he's 36 years old, right? Right. Like how much how much more does he have left in the tank? I mean, what's what's the precedence here? I mean, what's the timeline for a professional hot dog eater in terms of their age? You know, because if you if he was in any other sport right now at 36 years old, I mean, we would be talking about how he's, you know, approaching the end of the line. But he like you said, I mean, he doesn't appear to be slowing down anytime soon. I mean, with the way it looks, he, he could be doing this for for years and years to come. Yeah, in fact, Chestnut is actually the oldest ever winner of the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. So we'll, every time he wins from now on, it will be an interesting, um, it'll be interesting result to see how those things continue. But we got to switch it over from a serial winner that cannot stop to a serial loser that needs to be that is doing poorly enough that needs to change their name and get a rebranding. And of course, we were talking from the football team from the Washington area, the Washington Redskins, who due to recent political developments have decided that they will be changing their name mostly due to the fact that FedEx will not be allowing them to stay in their stadium 
because their lease has run out without changing their name. And the city of DC will not be allowing them to buy property in the city without first changing their name. Now, there have been a lot of names thrown out there for a while. One of the most popular is the Washington Red Tails, Tuskegee Airmen that used to fly over DC and fight for our country in World War II and in Vietnam. The name Red Tails will be coming off the back of their planes, which were all very famously painted red. Some other names that are up there are the Washington Generals, just like the basketball team that gets beaten by the Globetrotters every week, the Washington Lincolns, the Washington Veterans, the Washington Capitals, the Washington Memorials, and the Washington Monuments. Personally, I got to be honest, I really do like the Washington Monuments. Uh, I know it's kind of a ripoff, but it's uh, not a, which one of these was your favorite or any other ones that you've heard? Well, one of the ones that uh, that I'm not seeing listed on the odds is the Washington Warriors. And I'm not saying I necessarily love that name. I think, frankly, you know, it's kind of unoriginal and kind of bland. But if Dan Snyder wanted to kind of keep the team's logo and keep the branding pretty much the same, then I think he could do that and call them the Washington Warriors because you can still have the same logo. And then, you know, it kind of works out. Um, I like the Red Tails, and I'm not surprised to see that the Red Tails is, I guess, the clubhouse favorite. At least that's what most people are saying. I mean, I think it'd be cool, you know, to honor the the Tuskegee Airmen. I think everyone can get behind that. Um, but, you know, I'm going to throw out another name for you here. And, uh, you know, I'm curious what your thoughts on this are. What about the Washington Possums? And uh, my logic here is, you know, what are Possums good at? They they play dead at home, and they get killed on the road. And, uh, you know, that kind of sounds an awful lot like what we've seen from the Redskins over the past uh, couple decades is when they're at home, they play dead, and when they're on the road, they get killed. Yeah, and the possum will probably be a little bit more consistent than the Redskins are at doing that job. So, you know, maybe the possums is even a better answer to their name problems. But, you know, you brought up those odds lists. So let's talk about that. As we do love to talk about odds here, the Red Tails are the odds on favorite at 3-2-1, uh, with the Generals right behind them at 4-1, to one, and the Presidents behind that at 5-1. to one. But some of the lesser odds that we have here are the Washington Arlingtons at 25-1, to one, the Washington Hogs at 50-1, to one, the Washington Snowflakes at 500-1, to one, and probably the most interesting inclusion on the list, the Washington Trumps at 500 to 1. Any of those far reaches call in your name? I think the Washington uh, Snowflakes is uh, quite an interesting name. I don't uh, I don't know how any of these would really go over with the fan base. I would imagine not very well. But uh, another one that's, that's kind of interesting is um, the Washington Red Hawks at 15 to 1. Kind of sticking with the red, you know, red blank theme i think that that might work out well um as well as the renegades i think the renegades could be cool um too i'm just thinking in terms of um like if they want to change the logo and not just the name but the logo and and kind of just redesign uh, the entire brand of the team kind of start from scratch i feel like you know either the red hawks or renegades um there's a lot of substance to work with there yeah, those are both great names, and especially with the fact that they would be able to keep that R logo, you know, their sub logo. That would, you know, that's a big push because that that's it's it's hard to move an entire branding and team name and change so many things about a brand. So you, you would want to center it around something you could keep, and both of those names do give that option for that cursive R to still remain as one of their logos. Right, and I mean, 
for years, it's been HTTR. That's been the slogan. Everyone said, hail to the Redskins. So if you keep the team name, that's something, if you keep the team name as something that starts with the letter R, then you can still have that HTTR be in fact. I mean, you would just be saying, you know, hail to the Red Tails or hail to the Red Hawks or uh, et cetera. So I think it works. You know, hail to the Red Hawks, hail to the Chiefs, which would be the new other issue that would be happening in D.C. that's coming up in the election up in this year. Now, we don't usually get political on this podcast, but, you know, there is a big other betting situation that's going on in D.C. nowadays that has to be mentioned. That, of course, is the newest candidate for president that just announced on July 4th through tweet. And that is, of course, Kanye West. Now, for a while now, we only had two legitimate candidates to bet on. And for a while, it was Joe Biden as the heavy odds on favorite. He was recently sitting at close to two, minus 200, while Donald Trump was sitting at plus 140 to get reelected. But now with Kanye West in the fray, we have to talk a little bit of it. Is it worth our put? Is it worth it to put our money down on Yeezy sitting at plus 6,000 to win the presidential election? Now, we're not going to try to get too political over Trump and Biden, but Frank, West's odds at plus 6,000 is a big money-making option if he does end up taking the chair in the Oval Office. Do you think there's any chance for that? Uh, realistically, no. But uh, let's just live in an alternate universe right now because, you know, let, let's be frank here. The entire 2020 year so far has kind of been an alternate universe. So, you know, Kanye West announcing that he's going to run for president three months out from the election uh, pretty much fits with with the timeline of what we've been seeing. Uh, I mean, you said it. Plus plus sixty six hundred is a fat, enticing number. Um, I don't necessarily think Kanye's going to win, but you know, if you're feeling wild and you're feeling like you want to put some money down, then uh, why not? You know, go big or go home. Yeah, and with that kind of opportunity, it'd be nice to cash out and make a little bit of money before whatever Kanye does in the Oval Office uh, will affect us. So, you know, maybe it's best to cash out before the true apocalypse is when um, Jesus takes the seats. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, a big factor here is the uh, is when each candidate announces their, their vice presidential uh, pick. And, you know, the presumption is that Trump will stick with Mike Pence, Joe Biden will... Select maybe someone like Kamala Harris, but uh, Kanye West, maybe he'll uh, go ahead and choose Elon Musk because the two seem to be good friends. I mean, they they posted a uh, a Twitter picture together. I presume it was, I think it was at Elon Musk's house or it might have been at Kanye West's house. Either way, uh, a legendary picture. Um, so maybe that's maybe the West Musk ticket would change uh, would change the odds a little bit. Maybe that name value really would carry them in more fantastic running. Getting it plus 6,000 might even be the best bet because once he had Musk onto the ticket, you know, those numbers will start dropping as they get closer and closer on the campaign trail to being the next president, number 46. Yeah, you know, hopefully Kanye just uh, he just plays it as it lies. Hopefully he does. One of the choices he might have for making that VP pick, though, Maybe uh, organizing a little bit of a uh, fight island, if you will. I like where you're going with this. Continue. Well, as those of you that follow us on our Twitter have been seeing all week, we have created a 16-person bracket of trying to find out who in sports would win the UFC's hypothetical fight island. Now, Dana White has recently come out and announcing that he would like to move a lot of the UFC fights onto multiple islands in the Caribbean and in the Philippines are the two possible locations that they could be having it. 
uh, and to allow people to come and watch them in a kind of luxurious sense. This would not only draw a lot of attention to the sport because of the way and the specificities of how they're handling, but also adds a level of kind of... I don't know if class is the word, but level of intrigue and new way to view the sport. So we thought, why even make it just UFC? We wanted to see all of our favorite athletes throw in the ring and see, you know, who really would win in Fight Island. So Frank, let's get ready to rumble. I'm ready to rumble. All right. Well, let's uh, let's hit it. We asked, we will compare all of our results from what we decide of who's going to win to our Twitter poll. And in due of any tiebreakers between me and Frank, the Twitter poll will end up deciding the winner. So let's start here with. Let's start here with the NFL quadrant in our. Wait, let me pull up the bracket so I can make sure I'm getting the right fighters in. In the first corner, we have the six foot three, two hundred and thirty-eight, a massive man of a running back, the 2019 rushing yards leader, former Heisman from the University of Alabama, Derek Henry. In another corner, we have DeKalen, Zacharias Metcalf, more famously known as DK Metcalf, standing tally at six foot four, two hundred and twenty-nine pounds. The Seahawks wide receiver is a mammoth of a man who can run a beautiful four four three forty from the good state of old miss in the next corner we have the massive man stepping on every neck of anyone in the nfc north now residing in the beautiful bay of tampa standing at six foot four 307 pounds a five-time all pro from nebraska with the nfl record for the second most fines for an nfl player in a single season nadama kong sue and in the final corner the reigning defensive player of the year six foot one 284 pounds Two-time Defensive Player of the Year, five-time All-Pro, 46840 at a mammoth size, ranked as the number one player in the NFL Top 100 in 2019. It is, of course, Aaron Donald. So, Frank, let's start it off with the first competition. Our number one seed, Derek Henry versus DK Metcalf. Where are you leaning first? Well, usually when you have a one seed versus a four seed, uh, you presume that the one seed will be able to handle his opposition, uh, you know, pretty handily. But I actually think this would be be pretty competitive, and I think that this is the type of fight that would maybe maybe go the distance because you're talking about two, frankly, superhuman athletes. I mean, DK Metcalf. Uh, who can forget that famous picture leading up to the draft of him in the gym flexing, uh, just looking like an absolute mammoth. I mean. Like he was built in a factory. 6'3, 228 pounds, only a 1.6% body fat, um, and a 40.5 vertical inch jump. And I mean, he already has the height advantage over Derrick Henry. Um, but at the same time, having said that, I still think that Derrick Henry would come out on top. Uh, I just think it would be an incredibly competitive back and forth battle, um, given the stamina and athleticism of both of these contestants. Um, but ultimately, I think Derrick Henry is just frankly has more upper body strength and i think that he would just wear down dk metcalf as the fight goes along but i do think it would be competitive well what do you think bro i gotta agree with you there and it's really all about derrick henry's stamina you know you watch him week in week out in last year's season just kind of push big dudes aside and i think even with dk's size advantage i really do think that henry just has the ability and the know-how to get dudes out of his way and in the ring in that octagon i 
I don't see a way which DK really can overpower Henry. And at the end of the day, I think DK ends up on the ground and Derek Henry here advances. Yeah. So, I mean, we asked our friends on Twitter uh, this same question and uh, we were lucky enough to get some responses. And it turns out that the Twitter audience happens to agree with us. Uh, Derek Henry reeling in 50% of the vote to DK Metcalf's 43%. Uh, although it was close. I mean, Derrick Henry only got one more vote than DK Metcalf. So definitely a, a surprisingly uh, competitive matchup between the one seed and the lowest seed. But it uh, looks like Derrick Henry is advancing. It does look like Derrick Henry is advancing, and he will be competing against the winner of Nadama Kansu and Aaron Donald, our two defensive tackles going up one against the other. Two very similar play styles here between the two. Uh, though a pretty big size advantage for Nadamakan Sue on that side, though he is a little bit older here at the age of 32 uh, compared to Aaron Donald, who is a bit of a younger guy. Um, another big factor for Aaron Donald here is that he is, you know, right in his prime. That 46840 that I mentioned is absolutely insane when you weigh 284 pounds. And while I want to give it to Sue for the absolute strength and the size and the the like the physical aggressive that he plays with i mean it's hard to forget that day and th- that thanksgiving day game he played lions versus packers in which he just stepped right onto the neck of one of the packers offensive linemen he's an aggressive dude and could really take all that in the the octagon and i really want to give it to aaron donald but i think i'm actually gonna have to lose lean towards sue here what do you think you know, it's interesting, and, and I get where you're coming from. I understand uh, I understand the premise of that argument, but for me, it's just, it comes down to to age, I think, is a big factor. And uh, I would also say, you know, injury history. And I think Aaron Donald, although he's only three years younger than Adamican too, I feel like that three years is kind of magnified when you consider, you know, where both players are at in their athletic prime. And I think that Aaron Donald is squarely in the prime of his athletic ability, whereas Ndamukong Sue is kind of, you know, is kind of approaching the wrong side of the hill. And, you know, in 2016 and 2017, in back-to-back years, he suffered knee strains, uh, while Aaron Donald really doesn't have any, any significant injuries to his name. And I think that you know, both players are similar size, and they're both obviously have tremendous upper body strength. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm going to roll with Aaron Donald to uh, to pull this one up. Oh, it looks like a tiebreaker. So we're taking this one to Twitter. What did Twitter have to say about Sue versus Donald? Well, Rotom, uh, I don't want to disappoint you here, but uh, it looks like Twitter was in line with, with my thinking. Uh, Aaron Donald, actually, with a clean sweep over Dominic and Sue, reeling in 100% of the vote so uh sorry to you and sorry to nadamakan sue but aaron donald uh will be advancing to the next round yeah you know that's a that's a disappointment but i really do understand you know he is one of the best in the nfl and we'll have to see how he matches up with our number one seed derrick henry what do you think here starting us off for our first final four competitor i mean this would be uh this would be quite the matchup i mean in one corner you have Derrick Henry, the one seed, uh, a running back. And then on the other corner, you have Aaron Donald, like you said, the reigning defensive player of the year. Uh, and this is a matchup, you know, I'd love to see happen in real life on the NFL field. You know, I'd like to see uh, what would happen if Derrick Henry is ru- rushing up the middle and Aaron Donald is there waiting for him. Um, but 
we're talking about the octagon here, not on the NFL field. And I'm going to have to go with Derrick Henry as much as I'd like to see an upset here of Aaron Donald up of Aaron Donald defeating uh, the number one seed. I just uh, I don't see it happen. I mean, Aaron Donald definitely has an advantage in terms of weight over Derrick Henry. But again, I think stamina is going to be a, a significant factor here. And I think that Derrick Henry is built to last longer in an octagon type setting. And uh, for that reason, I think that uh, he's going to come out on top. Yeah, and I'm I'm not I'm not going to disagree one bit with you there. And with Donald, you know, the weight is a big advantage, but here, but Henry actually does have a couple of inches on Donald, which I think would come into his favor there. And like you said, I think it's all about that stamina. You know, Aaron's used to having his fingers in the dirt uh, and working for a few seconds and then getting back. But Derrick Henry makes long, long rushes, spending a lot of time in stamina. And when you go round in, round out. I think there's not a chance that Aaron Donald can keep up with Derrick Henry for the entirety of a fight. So I, I think in the end of the day, Derrick Henry, our number one seed, is is there for a reason and will probably be competing. What did Twitter have to say about that? Yeah, and uh, you know, Twitter agreed with us. Uh, Derrick Henry getting sixty percent. Well, Derrick Henry getting sixty-seven percent of the vote to Aaron Donald, thirty-three. So uh, I mean, some people voted for Aaron Donald, but ultimately, uh, Derrick Henry, the one seed is uh moving on so no cinderella on here from aaron donald no cinderella from aaron donald or from anyone in the nfl so our nfl champion is going to be derrick henry and he'll be competing against the winner of the mlb quadrant a good set of fighters from uh one of the rowdiest leagues in the world uh will be for our fighters we have in the first corner, we got Ruffin Odor, a five foot eleven, one hundred ninety-five pound, gigantic second baseman from Venezuela, known for almost famously for clocking Jose Batista after Batista slid into him second base, sending Batista right into the ground and getting Odor an eight-game suspension. He'll be fighting against in the other corner a Rollis Chapman, a six foot four behemoth, two hundred twelve pounds, known as the Cuban Missile, the reigning AL Lever of the Year and the holder of the MLB's fastest pitch in in history at one oh five point one miles per hour faster than the average car's top speed at 102.3 the man can throw in insane speed and can probably clock someone so easily with that fast right hand another cuban that we have here at six foot two 240 pound most famously the wild horse currently playing for the cleveland indians famously tried to defect to mexico 13 times and ultimately be taken by the mexican drug cartel los zetas that is yasil puig and against him is the MLB's Wonder Boy, sitting in the other corner at a massive six foot seven, two hundred eighty-two pounds from Fresno State, AL Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, with the fastest exit velocity in MLB history of one hundred twenty-one point one miles off the end of his usually on fire bat. It is, of course, the New York Yankees, Aaron Judge. So we're going to start here with Chapman versus Odor. We did not want to put both of the Yankees against each other. So it's a pitcher versus a baseman here. Who do you got, Frank? Well, this would be uh, certainly this would be an interesting matchup. Um, I think Ardolis Chapman definitely has the the name value going in his favor heading into this fight. Um, and if you look at some of the workout videos that Chapman has put out um, over the years online, they're they're pretty intense. I mean. He can cleanly rep 295 pounds on the bench press, and on the leg press, he can do over 1,000 pounds uh, pretty cleanly for numerous reps. 
Uh, and I mean, like you said, he throws cleanly over 100 miles per hour. So he definitely has the upper body strength as well as the lower body strength, which I think theoretically would give him an advantage over most fighters heading into the octagon. However, uh, Mr. Odor is not most fighters because as we saw on live television just a few seasons ago, dude can pack a punch in a big way. And he, he cleanly punched Jose Bautista uh, at the time, you know, one of the better players in the MLB. So he's not afraid of Jose, but he's not afraid of Jose Bautista. So you can be sure he's not afraid of Ardolis Chapman. Uh, I'm going to go with Odor here. I think that, you know, we've seen him put his fighting skills on display. And I'm not sure if Chapman, you know, brings that same kind of uh, experience and pedigree to the table. Yeah, and I, I definitely understand where you're coming from, and I think this is a pretty close one, but I actually have to go with Chapman's side here. When you're talking about that much strength in your feet, you just said it yourself, a thousand pound leg press, not to mention that speedy, speedy arm that can probably pack a hell of a punch right into your face. I can't imagine that Ardolis does not have the arsenal of weaponry that goes along with being able to win this fight. And I'm, I'm here for the pitcher, and I'd love to see a pitcher and a reliever, not to mention that, go ahead here. So I'm, I'm sticking with Chapman. You know, I respect that sentiment, and uh, so does Twitter, apparently, because uh, in a close matchup, Chapman put up 60% of the vote to uh, Odor's 40%, and it came down to one final vote in the final few minutes of the poll, and uh, Chapman came out on top. So props to him, and props to you for agreeing with the Twitter mob. Sometimes you just got to ride an instinct. And I think for a pitcher, it's going to be good. But we're going to switch it from one Cuban to another with Yasiel Puig versus Aaron Judge. Two heavy, heavy hitters. One more of a defensive guy. One more of an offensive guy. Both of them have won a defensive player of the year. But here, I don't know if it's something about him being six foot seven and just a gigantic human being. But one of the most imposing players in MLB that I've ever seen is Aaron judge. And I, I think no matter what Puig does, no matter how much history he has of being a fighter, I mean, his story with being taken by the drug cartel uh, out of Cuba and then being paid for, for ransom to get him to go play for the Dodgers uh, is insane. Uh, he is one of the most storied players in the MLB and has moved around teams for the past two years, uh, switching between the Dodgers to the Indians to the Reds. Uh, but uh, I don't, I don't know if he has the ability to compete with six foot seven judge, uh, and that it really is that size for me that is going to be what gives Judge the advantage. And I'm, it's hard for me not to take Puig, but I'm going Judge. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I got to agree with you here. Uh, I'm all for seeing an upset uh, in the octagon, but this is not one of those scenarios. Um, Puig, definitely a great athlete in his own right. But, I mean, you just laid out the case uh, pretty perfectly. I mean, 6'7", 282 pounds. Uh, the upper body strength, uh, maybe the best home run hitter in the MLB. Uh, Aaron Judge has all that going for him. And I think Puig might be able to last a few rounds. I mean, I think he put up a decent fight. Um, but, you know, we're talking about the same guy, like you mentioned, who's tried to defect to Mexico multiple times. So, I mean, what does that say about his mentality heading into the octagon? I mean, would he be running scared? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, that'd be definitely an interesting question with the whole of the defections of trying to get eligible for the MLB. But what did Twitter have to say about that one? Uh, it turns out that Twitter agrees with us, and uh, they also do not envision a 
4-1 upset here with Aaron Judge pulling in 63% of the vote to Yasuo Puig's 37%. So uh, maybe a little closer than I would have expected personally. But uh, nevertheless, Aaron Judge moves on. All right. Well, it looks like we got a Yankee on Yankee matchup. I bet this is one that they could definitely handle in the practice facility, but we'll see. It's Aaron Judge versus Chapman, the fastest ever exit velocity versus the fastest ever pitcher in MLB history. So expect a fight full of speed. And really, will it be the arm or the bat that takes it? And I don't know, but it's something that I convinced. I feel like I convinced myself into Chapman winning this one, even though you know Judge still is at six foot seven. Chapman lines up a little bit better at six foot four, and the Cuban Missile, you know, he he's also an imposing guy. You know, those legs, those thighs, they're gigantic, and and Aaron Judge can definitely compete in that department. But I, but it's something about the pitcher here that makes me want to go that way. This is, this is really a tough one. You know, get back to me. What do you think about this one? Yeah, well, you know, I, I respect the sentiment of wanting to see the pitcher move on. And I'm a big pitcher guy in my own right. Uh, unfortunately, I I don't see the pitcher beating the hitter in this scenario. I think that Ardola Chapman would put up a pretty decent fight and uh, have a good standing against almost any other player in the MLB, uh, except for, of course, Mr. Odor, who I envisioned defeating him but uh Aaron Judge not a favorable matchup for Chapman I think that Judge can pretty much match his athleticism for the most part uh, especially in terms of upper body strength I'm not sure if Aaron Judge could throw a fastball for over 100 miles per hour uh, haven't seen that happen don't see don't think we'll ever see it happen but I know that he's capable of hitting a home run off of that 100 mile per hour fastball and because these two are teammates I think that Judge's experience teeing off against Chapman in practice uh, will probably stand. He'll probably stand to benefit from in the octagon. I mean, he's not afraid of hitting baseballs off of Chapman, and I don't think he'll be afraid of hitting Chapman in the face and other parts of the body. And uh, because of that, I see Aaron Judge advancing. Uh, although I do think it'll be a pretty good matchup. Yeah, well, you know, you've convinced me. I think I do have to stand with Judge here. Uh, he is just too massive of a man to not uh, be able to stand up to Chapman. And you're right. He does have that experience against him. So I think I'm going to stick with you on Judge, uh, putting Judge along. What did Twitter have to say about this competition? Well, you know, Judge, Jury, and Executioner. Uh, that's what the Twitter polls are. And they agree with us as they see Aaron Judge moving to the next round with a 75% to 25% advantage over our Dulles Chapman. So uh, not all that close here. Um, so uh, there you have it. Yeah, you know, I'm surprised to hear that. I really do think Chapman had a little bit more of a chance, but uh, I guess Twitter agrees with us, and that is the second of our two Final Four finalists, uh, putting us into the most interesting quadrant of the bracket, and that is our miscellaneous bracket, a mix of all sorts of athletes. And in the first corner, we have a six foot, 205 pound from FSU, a two time PGA champion and US Open winner who once hit a spectator straight in the eye with a golf ball, causing her eye to explode on national television. We are, of course, talking about Brooks Kopka fighting against two gigantic men from soccer star athletes in Spain that are the 190 pound. Six-foot man from Uruguay, a prolific goal scorer with 475 goals to his name, two European golden boots, and is the only Pachichi winner that is not Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo in the last 10 years, and most famously known for biting players on three 
three different occasions. Yes, of course, it's the man with the yellow teeth. It is Luis Suarez. And facing off against him from the Spanish capital of Real Madrid, the El Capitano de Real and of Spain, giving him a World Cup and four Champions League, no, being most best known for being the most carded player in European history, with a whopping 26 red cards and 274 cards in total. It is the six-foot man, Sergio Ramos, and representing the NHL, the most devout fighter from the Yugoslavia. From the former Yugoslavian Republic, one of the most hardest hitters in all of sports, once taking Canadians forward Max Pacioretty head into the ground, fracturing his spine, making giving him a career-ending injury on the ice. It's six foot nine, two hundred fifty-six pounds, Zadino Chara. We're starting here with mismatch of the entire bracket, and it's Zadino Chara, the NHL player, versus Brooks Kopka, the golfer. Now, Frank, I don't think there's a lot of explanation to decide who goes where, but, you know, does Brooks deserve any any mention here to fighting Zadino? Listen, you know, we we both talked in preparation of this uh, of this segment. We wanted to put a golfer in this bracket. You know, it felt like it was only right. And to his credit, Brooks Kepka is uh, probably the most capable fighter out of any golfer. I mean, if you look at his pictures of him, uh, maybe he just needs bigger shirts, but I mean, he has a pretty, uh, pretty significant upper body um, and he can drive the ball pretty far. I mean, at the Bridgestone Invitational in 2018, he hit multiple drives of over 400 yards. So he has that going for him. Uh, unfortunately, going up against Mr. Chara in the octagon is uh, not a favorable scenario for any golfer or for any individual in general, for that matter. And, uh, you know, Brooks Kepka, as much as I'd like to see a golfer advance in this bracket, uh, I'm, I'm not going to go with the upset here. I'm, I'm definitely going to lean Chara, and I'm imagining you're going the same way. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. We, we really did feel like we should have put a golfer on here, and Kepka is just honestly the best fighter and most well-built man for it. But Zadino Chara is a man that I would be terrified to see on the streets. I can't imagine him in the octagon. Uh, if anyone has not seen that hit on Max Pesciaretti, uh, it is it is harsh to look at. It looks like he is dead. He had to get uh, gurneyed off the ice, and uh, it could potentially have been uh, life-ending had it been a few inches in either direction um, because he fractured his L4, um, L4 vertebrae in his spine, meaning that very closely could have taken his life right there on the ice. No question here. Zadino Chara advances. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Twitter felt the same way, although... Brooks Kepka did somehow reel in 25% of the vote. So, uh, you know, shout out to him. But Dino Chara uh, moving on with a, with a clear and significant majority of the vote. Yeah, you know, Brooke, I mean, good for Brooks. You know, he got more votes than Damakon Su, uh, which is amazing to me. But, you know, I'll let that pass. And we'll move over here to our two soccer stars. A little bit of an El Clasico matchup, Barcelona-Madrid. Now, Suarez's teeth are pretty much the most notable thing, where it's Sergio Ramos's fists that will probably do most of the fighting. And I think Suarez here pretty much gets the advantage entirely for being known in a worldwide stage as being a kind of guy who's willing to go bite people. You know, when he had his country on the line, he was one second away from uh, potentially advancing in the World Cup, and he was having probably the best competition of anyone. It was primed to be 
a gold ball competitor, and he went ahead and went to go bite Giorgino Cellini of Italy right in the jaw, taking both of them off the field. So I think the thing that draws Luis Suarez here on to the next round is probably going to be that fighting spirit. He's not going to go down without a fight and definitely without a bite. Frank, which one of these soccer stars are you going for? Yeah, I mean, as a casual soccer fan, I'm not going to pretend to to know a ton about either of these individuals. Um, but, you know, from a baseline spectator point of view, I have to go with Luis Suarez here. And, I mean, you just laid out the case. His mentality, one, is insane. And his fighting spirit and his biting spirit, but um, uh, definitely gives him the advantage here. I mean... I don't know if we're going to have a ref, a referee in this hypothetical fight island here, but uh, the only chance Luis Suarez has of losing this fight is if he were to get disqualified for literally going for the neck of Sergio Ramos and attempting to to bite skin off. Um, but if that doesn't happen, which I think it very well could happen, uh, I think that he's going to come out on top here pretty handedly. And it looks like we're agreeing that uh, the Mr. Vampire, Luis Suarez, his teeth are on sides, uh, is going to advance here to face Zadino Chara. How did Twitter decide to switch between the two El Clasico stars? Yeah, I mean, Twitter, once again, agreeing with us entirely. Uh, We have another sweep here. Luis Suarez getting 100% of the vote. So not a great day to be named Sergio Ramos. And, uh, you know, that fighting spirit. And that biting spirit is uh, just too much to overcome. It is. And this is, you know, another pretty easy matchup in my mind, putting up in our miscellaneous categories, Adino Chara versus Luis Suarez, another one seed getting into the finals. Where are we starting here? Because I'm still standing with Chara. You know, I watched that video right before this uh, this podcast started recording, and I, I can't get that picture of that man dead on the floor, on the ice. Um, and I, I don't think I can give Suarez any percent of my vote. Uh, no matter what his teeth do, Zadino's Chara, his fists do more. Yeah, you know, and I got to agree with you. Um, I think, frankly, this would probably, this might be the most entertaining fight of the entire bracket. Uh, just seeing uh, Luis Suarez go at Zadino Chara, uh, two completely opposite individuals, you know, in every sense of the imagination. But uh, the one seed, I think, is going to move on here because Zadino Chara is just too big, too strong for Luis Suarez's jaw and teeth to overcome. Um, although, I, like I said, you know, this would be a wildly entertaining matchup to see happen. This would be, and possibly the one I'd be most excited to see in the hypothetical, but where does Twitter land on who gets on to the miscellaneous Final Four? Well, Twitter lands uh, with Mr. Chara as well, and uh, he got 71% of the vote to Luis Suarez's 29%, so there are a couple people who thought that Luis Suarez might be able to pull off an upset here, but uh, once again, the consensus is with the number one seat. Oh, there you have it. It's Chara on to make the third of our final four. And we just have one more quadrant left here. And it's, of course, our NBA, the league we love to talk about the most. We got four 
big, big fighters representing the National Basketball Association. And in our first corner, we have the six foot nine, 250 pound man from Akron, Ohio, the king, the chosen one, the GOAT, the five time MVP. Doesn't have too much of a fighting history, but throw him in the ring and he'll continue to be great. It is, of course, LeBron James. Fighting against P.J. Tucker, the 35-year-old from Texas, might not be the biggest, but has a history of beating the bigger guys. Was an all-star in Germany, Israel, and the Ukraine, where he continued to play before he moved to the NBA in 2012. It's the six foot five, 245-pound man for the Houston Rockets. It is P.J. Tucker, another one of his teammates. Six foot three, 200 pound from UCLA, a nine time All Star, a triple double MVP with a 40 yard dash of 4.3. The 31 year old Russell Westbrook, his former teammate from the Oklahoma City Thunder, the New Zealand man serving in the Royal Navy before joining the NBA, at seven foot, 250 pounds, the 26 year old prolific rebounder, Stephen Adams. So, we're starting here with the King versus P.J. Tucker. I don't know if this or the Zidino Chara Brooks Kopka might be more of a mismatch, but um, I hate to say it to P.J. Tucker. At six foot five, you are not doing anything to LeBron James, the tank of a human being that he is. I know LeBron doesn't really get into fights, and P.J. Tucker is a little bit more of a rambunctious guy who has a bit of a history of getting into people's faces, but. There's just no way. The maintenance that LeBron James keeps his body at is just a level that is unmatched by any of these guys in the bracket. And I think that there's little to no chance that P.J. Tucker, with his not-as-well-built frame, can withstand the beating that would come along with being in the octagon with LeBron James. And uh, for that reason, I'm, I'm sticking with LeBron here uh, to go on as a number one seed further uh, and fight in our final. Frank, for the NBA, P.J., or LBJ. Yeah, I mean, I got to go with LeBron here as well. And um, it's funny that this is the matchup that's happening because, uh, you know, I'm old, to, I'm old enough to remember back in 2016 when some were, were bold enough to label P.J. Tucker the quote-unquote LeBron stopper. And uh, the Raptors were so confident in that coming to fruition that they traded for P.J. Tucker at the trade deadline in an effort to gear up for an eventual playoff matchup against LeBron. Of course, LeBronto uh, came into effect once again, and P.J. Tucker proved no match for LeBron James on the basketball court, and I don't think he would prove much of a match in the octagon. Uh, so I think LeBron moves forward and advances in this matchup, and I know you're going to ask, so I'll go ahead and say it, that Twitter agrees as well, with LeBron getting all but one of the votes reeling in a whopping 88%, so a near sweep. So, so sad, so sorry to see P.J. Tucker go, but uh, today is not his day. Matchup of LeBron, can it beat the winner of Russ versus Steven Adams? And, uh, Frank, I'll let you start off with this one with these former Thunder teammates. Well, you know, I appreciate you letting me start off with this one. And uh, I have a feeling we're going to feel the same way about this matchup. But we'll see. I mean, I'm I'm going to go here with the one seed with Steven Adams coming out on top. And I think that Russell Westbrook uh, at 6-3 definitely is, is a clear disadvantage in this matchup against the seven-foot mammoth that is Steven Adams. Uh, although it is fair to point out that Westbrook's endurance, uh, leaping ability, and, and fighting spirit, which we've seen on numerous occasions, uh, he doesn't back down from anyone. I think that that would make this an, an entertaining fight that, frankly, would last longer than many people probably expect. 
Um, but ultimately, Stephen Adams, I think, might might actually be served here to dish out a KO. Um, I think I think that his size and strength ultimately would just be too much for Westbrook to overcome. Uh, Rotom, your thoughts? Uh, this is a hard one. You know, I know that you're, I think the KO is really the big factor here is if Steven Adams can la- land a good enough punch on Russell Westbrook, I think he could take him out. But I think Russ, he's got a fighting spirit and a man, you know, you watch him run up and down the court. He is an athletic freak who can manage to get up and everywhere on the court in such a resounding speed. I don't know if I'm willing to give this one to Adams so easily. And in fact, I think uh, in a long, long battle, if Westbrook can kind of tire Adams out, I think this is a battle that Westbrook can easily win um, if he can sustain. So I think the big factor here is whether Westbrook uh, gets knocked out early, because if he can stay alive early, early enough, then I think it's his battle to lose. For that reason, I think I'm going Westbrook here. Well, you know, I admire a man who's willing to, uh, to go out on a limb and roll with the upset. Uh, unfortunately, in this case, Westbrook is not the best Brook. And Twitter, uh, the Twitter poll says it all with uh, Stephen Adams reeling in 77% of the vote to Westbrook's 23%. So unfortunately, Rotom, Twitter uh, and myself are not agreeing with you here. Although I did think you brought up some fair points, but, uh, you know, the tiebreaker goes to Stephen Adams and he'll be advancing. Ah, you know, you hate to see it. Russ, you probably put up a good fight, but uh, Stephen Adams here is advancing against LeBron James, the king. And this honestly might be the most even matchup of the entire bracket, putting up Stephen Adams' physical size and height advantage versus LeBron James' prowess and well-built body. And I'm I'm still kind of sitting where it's kind of hard to put anyone up against LeBron James and really say, yeah, they have the advantage here, unless it's it's that much of a size difference. Maybe if you put up a true seven foot one like Shaquille O'Neal size person, but I don't know if Steven Adams has that muscly. I know he's a great rebounder and probably the best person to box out anyone, but I don't know if boxing out is the same of boxing here. So uh, I would I'm still advancing to LeBron James, who probably could still get a few great punches while also doing what I thought Russell Westbrook could do and tire him out towards the end of the game, even ahead his older age. Uh, Adams, I don't think would be able to keep up with LeBron for much more than three to two rounds, two to three rounds. Yeah. And I'm inclined to agree with you on this one. Um, the biggest reason I chose Steven Adams over Westbrook was like I said, the size and strength advantage. Although I thought it was good that you pointed out that Westbrook, you know, might be able to tire him out with the stamina advantage. Um, I think LeBron, it's the same case here. LeBron would be able to tire Steven Adams out um, with a clear advantage in terms of athleticism and stamina. The biggest difference between Westbrook and LeBron is LeBron isn't 6'3", 200 pounds. He's 6'8", 6'9", pushing 250 plus. Uh, So he'd be able to tire Steven Adams out while also somewhat being able to match his, his upper body strength in fighting skills. Uh, so I think LeBron definitely has the advantage in this matchup, and Twitter clearly feels the same way, with LeBron getting over 70% of the vote. So a 2-1 upset here with the first of our one seeds uh, not advancing to the Final Four. Ah, you know, that that's impressive. We finally uh, bucked the trend, landing us a big Final Four of Zadino Chara, LeBron James, Aaron Judge, and Derek 
Henry. This is a good off Fight Island. I would pay to go to this Fight Island. Call Dana White. You know, we may have just done something. We may have just done something indeed. I mean, I'm I'm ready to book my ticket right now if this happens. Hey, and let's see who would be competing in the final of it. You know, we just talked about LeBron and Charles, so we'll save that for a second. We're going to go back to Derrick Henry versus Aaron Judge. Uh, for the size recap, it is six foot seven Judge, two hundred eighty-two pounds versus the six-three, two thirty-eight Derek Henry. This is a tough matchup, purely size-wise, because while Judge has the advantage, most of his muscles are still in those forearms, while Henry has legs for days. And uh, when you're talking about stamina, not a lot of players in the MLB have the stamina that an NFL running back does. So even if you know Judge can bat out. His uh his punches real early on. I think this is the same uh, situation that I had with Russ and Stephen Adams. That an early on winner would definitely go to Judge. But I think if this match goes for more than four rounds, it's it's Henry's battle to lose, and uh, I'm more inclined for it to be a longer battle. So I'm I'm going here with Henry as usual, given the stamina advantage, the bigger one than the size. Frank, what do you land between the big man or the fast man? Well, you know, this is tough. This is a this is definitely a tough decision here. Um, but I like the logic that you just laid out with the uh, with the stamina versus the knockout punch theory. And I think that if Aaron Judge were not able to deliver an early round blow to Derrick Henry, that would be too much for him to overcome. Then I think gradually Derrick Henry uh, is going to you know emerge as the clear winner as the fight goes on, and he's going to be able to wear Aaron Judge down. I mean. One stiff arm in the later rounds, or one bull rush, and I think that Aaron Judge, uh, he's going to end up on his ass. And if he does, I think that Derrick Henry is going to unleash a ferocious ground and pound game, uh, as he does on the football field. And uh, you know, for that reason, I got to agree with you here that Derrick Henry is going to come out on top against the six foot seven mammoth that is Aaron Judge. Well, it looks like uh, the NFL is going to push over. America's pastime and make sure that they have their player going to the finals. How to Twitter and match up the two big men. Yeah, I mean, well, this was a final four matchup, but uh, you wouldn't be able to tell by the poll voting with uh, Derrick Henry getting 78% of the vote. So Twitter is in line with our thinking here. So uh, we're sorry to see Aaron Judge go, but uh, at least he has the MLB season to be looking forward to in a few weeks. He does in his spring training. Hopefully, we'll maybe draw back a few more arguments on his side, but he will be back, and we'll see him soon, but not soon enough in the fighting ring. Though the two guys we'll see next in the fighting ring is the 6'9", 256 Chara versus the 6'9", 250 pound LeBron James. A very, very even match size-wise, so it's really Chara ferocity going to get him past LeBron. Frank starting us off. For the NHL versus the NBA. You know, I gotta say, this is this is by far the toughest decision that I think we've had to make. I mean, at least that's how I feel. Because uh I mean you have two super superhuman athletes in their respective sports, and it's very hard for me to vote against the the dynamo that is LeBron James. And I mean he's been he's been advancing through this bracket with ease. For good reason. But at the same time, I can't help but look past Zadino Chara's fighting history. Yeah, I mean, you brought it up earlier. What Chara did to Max Pesciaretti should not be allowed anywhere or at any time. I mean, he practically killed the man. And he's done that on numerous occasions 
to several other opponents on the ice. And I think that that experience, that fighting experience, that that tenacity is going to give him a slight advantage over LeBron James. And I know that might be crazy to say. Uh, I'm curious to see if you agree with me here, but I'm going to go with Chara in a wire-to-wire narrow victory that would be, frankly, maybe a split decision. You know, I agree with you. Definitely a wire-to-wire kind of fight. Uh, Chara, who, interestingly enough, actually got uh, almost was... Chara, interestingly enough, actually got his charges dropped by the Canadian police who wanted to prosecute for a potential manslaughter, even though he did not get any uh, in suspension from the NHL, which declared that move a hockey play, which is insane because it was a crime in Canada. But I still don't see a way which Chara, who a phenomenal sports body, doesn't have the stamina in him or the amount of time on the ice like LeBron James does on the court. You know, Chara is a big defensive guy, but he mostly sits back and does not have the speed and the warwithal, especially with the fact that he won't have his skates on his feet. I think he might be a big athlete, might have the speed and the tenacity to manage to move around there, but I think he's a little bit out of his element here, and I'm sure he's gotten into many a fight uh, in his homeland of Slovakia. But uh, this is LeBron James, and they'll be fighting on a big island in front of a bunch of Americans. And in front of a crowd, you don't say no to LeBron James. And that's why I'm, I'm putting the king up to go next. How did Twitter split our decision? Well, you know, Rodan, before I get into the Twitter poll, you're, uh, you're making a dangerous assumption there that there would be fans at this event. Because, you know, we care about public health and public safety. So, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that we're going to have a bunch of fans watching. Um, but circling to the Twitter poll, uh, LeBron James is going to advance here. Uh, Twitter agrees with you with LeBron getting 64% of the vote to Chara's 36%. Uh, I can't say I'm all that surprised, although I did have my hat in the Chara ring. I would have liked to see him advance, but, uh, LeBron will be moving on to the championship round. I mean, Chara, you know, that, that's, that's a great. Uh, that's a great matchup, and honestly, pretty much anyone else but LeBron James, I feel like it would have gotten Chara here. Um, it would have been a great matchup to see Chara versus Henry and see who it comes up. But before we go on to our final round, let's actually see who places third in the final of the bracket. Let's see Zadino Chara versus Aaron Judge. Just a quick third-place match. Uh, personally, uh, as I just said, you know, I think Chara really beats almost anyone but LeBron in my mind. So I think it's it's a quick decision here for me to say Chara probably just eats Aaron Judge alive and wears his six foot seven body like a hat. Uh, where do you stand on the two uh, gigantic men from their respective sports for the third place battle? Yeah, I mean, I think that the argument for Chara and Judge throughout the bracket has been just their sheer size advantage over most other opponents. Uh, but in this case, I mean, I think it's going to be Chara that comes out on top. Um, so I agree with you there. All right. Well, with Chara locked in at third place. Let's find out who sits at one and two with a big matchup of the NBA versus, versus the NHL. Football versus basketball, a huge man versus a slightly huger man. It is LeBron James versus Derek Henry. Where, Frank, do you stand on this? You know, this is tough, and I know I've been saying that about pretty much every matchup over the past 10 minutes, but this one is especially tough. Uh, you have two superhuman athletes. I mean, the bowling ball that is Derrick Henry versus the athletic marvel that is LeBron James. And I think 
I don't see a scenario in which this fight doesn't go the distance, doesn't go wire to wire, with blood being shed on both sides of the octagon. But ultimately here, and I have a feeling you're going to agree with me, I think that LeBron is going to come out on top. And it's hard to bet against Derrick Henry, the, given his you know history of just running people over of any size and of any stature. But it comes back to stamina once again. And I think that LeBron is just more fit athletically at the end of the day. Not only, hold on, he's more fit athletically at the end of the day. And that comes on top of having a size advantage. Um, and I think that, you know, for that reason, LeBron's going to come out on top. Although I think it would be a heck of a fight uh, going back and forth. And frankly, it'd be must-see television. Yeah, definitely probably one of the best fights on television in television history. I mean, this is must-see television. LeBron James versus Derrick Henry. But I think you're right. If LeBron James was maybe three years younger, ah, I'd, it's, you know, the big matchups we've had so far have a lot been stamina versus size. And our third place matchup was size versus size. And here we have stamina versus stamina. And I just think you've got to give that advantage to the young man who really has just bowled over gigantic human beings day in and day out out of his job. And while LeBron James has a lot of proficiency in dealing with big men down low, I think there's a huge difference between bowling people over with a stiff arm or just putting your shoulder down into a dude than LeBron James putting his back against the basket, kind of pushing against up a center. I don't know if I can really stand for LeBron James to be beating Derrick Henry. And I don't really have the early round, late round advantage. I just think if you really get into the late round, if it goes the full distance and it has to be a late decision, I just can't imagine LeBron is really swinging those hard punches in, the, in those late rounds while uh, Derrick Henry, I don't really see him stopping. So I got to be honest with you, as much as I hate to say it, I, uh, I'm sticking with Derrick Henry here. Well, you know... This is an interesting situation that we find ourselves in now because, sure enough, the Twitter poll was also split in the voting, just like you and I. Derrick Henry LeBron James locked in a 50% to 50% tie in the Twitter voting. Uh, so, you know, I don't know where we go from here, but it seems like we need this fight to happen in real life so that uh, both you and I and Twitter can be vindicated. Uh, it does seem like we need that fight. Dana White, please get on that. But, you know, we do have to make one consent decision. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, as much as I want to see Derrick Henry, I think I will more likely concede that LeBron James would win here uh, on a split decision because of the way he has gotten up there. And I think if you're talking about these people fighting uh, these fights, you know, in the way that Dana White has said, uh, you know, day day in and day out throughout the week. I think LeBron James will have had an easier path. You know, he had, will have had a big fight with Chara probably the day before, but he still only took P.J. Tucker and Steven Adams the few days before, whereas Henry has had a hard path to the title bout. It has been D.K. Metcalf, Aaron Donald, and Aaron Judge on the way here, and that's a slugger after a slugger after a slugger. So, at the end of the day, I think if we're talking about a true style tournament where they're playing every single match every single day, I think LeBron James might not have the stamina for a single off-the-record bout, but in a full tournament, LeBron's probably going to take this specific round of fighters on his way to beating Derrick Henry. So I think I'll concede here, and we can claim LeBron James as the winner of our fight island. Uh, real quick, do you want to do this Mahomes thing? Like, 
talk about it like it's breaking news or do you want to like throw it in at the beginning of the episode no let's talk about it like it's breaking. i mean it literally just happened you know i'm i'm, I'm what, what actually what do you think you know i mean it doesn't matter it's, i was just wondering because like i can i was going to segue into it right now if you wanted to do that yeah then do that let's segue into it right now yeah well you know uh big congratulations to lebron james i think that him winning this hypothetical Fight Island uh, UFC bracket is definitely by far the most impressive accomplishment of his athletic career. But you know, Rotom, as we're recording here in this very second at 3.05 p.m. on a Monday afternoon, we just got some uh, some breaking news, perhaps for the first time ever in the history of Played As It Lies. And that breaking news is Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes has reached an agreement with Kansas City on a contract extension for, and you're not going to believe this, for 10 years, tying him to the Chiefs organization through the 2031 season. So uh, pretty remarkable stuff there. I mean, I'm, I'm going to reserve my judgment here and let you go ahead and, uh, and spill your thoughts because this is, uh, this is quite the, the bomb from Adam Schefter. Yeah, that is a hell of a bomb. Ten years. Can you imagine committing yourself for a full ten year, a decade? The AFC West is now going to have to deal with a decade of Patty Mahomes throwing no looks, crazy passes, deep bombs all throughout the decade. I I do not envy any Broncos, Raiders, or Chargers fans because that is as a tough man. Do they uh, by any chance say the value of that contract? Uh, well, you know, I was actually just about to add that on. Um, I haven't seen these specific numbers on the contract, although Adam Schefter did do a follow-up tweet just now and said that it is going to be the richest contract in NFL history, which, uh, frankly, I don't think comes as much as a, comes as much of a surprise. I mean, we've talked about it before on this podcast uh, a few times. I want to say, you know, the young quarterbacks, Mahomes leading the pack, are all going to be due for contract extensions, and I think some of the numbers that we're going to be seeing over the next few years are going to be frankly insane. So I think, you know, this groundbreaking news with Mahomes becoming the richest player in NFL history, getting a 10 year contract extension, it only beg, it only lays the groundwork for, you know, what are we going to see in the next few years from Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson? I mean, what kind of money are those guys going to be getting? So uh, this definitely could uh, get the ball rolling and it's going to be, very interesting to see how it unfolds moving forward. Will be, and that is huge news for Mahomes. Congratulations to him, and congratulations to LeBron James for winning our Fight Island tournament. A big, big win, and like you said, probably one of the biggest things he'll be putting on his trophy shelf is that belt that he'll be getting. But for any more breaking news, betting analysis, or sports advice coming from us, you can look at our Twitter and vote on any more of our polls at PlayItPod or our Instagram. You can get more from me at Rodem Kaufman and Frank. Where can the listeners get more info from you? Uh, you can find my content on Twitter at FrankJP0. And that will be all from us, from our fight island all the way to your fighting hearts. Have a good week. Happy 6th of July. <laughs>